going to take a wild guess that if you're tuning into the Circular Economy Show podcast, you're already interested in learning more about the circular economy. But what about everyone else? How can we use storytelling to get people to move away from the problems of a linear economy to explore the solutions offered by a circular one? I'm Pippa, and in this episode, we'll hear from Sam Suteria, Chief Executive of streaming platform Waterbear, and Hannah Harrison, Chief Sustainability Officer at WPP. The pair spoke to my colleague Seb at this year's Summit 23, an event that gathers together the Ellen MacArthur Foundation's network. Seb began by asking Sam to explain what Waterbear is. Thanks, Seb. Yeah, we were once called the Netflix for nature. Um, I hope everyone here knows what a water bear is, but if you don't, it's a, it's a tardigrade, a microscopic organism. Uh, it's one of the most resilient animals on Earth. Um, and we've quickly learned that storytelling at scale linked to action can really create tangible impact. So we're a media platform and streaming network dedicated to the future of our planet. So you make content, you have a platform you distribute it on. How does it work? Exactly. Um, we are a creative studio, impact-led, uh, creating uh, beautiful stories from around the world. We work with hundreds of creatives and, and, and storytellers and creatives from the global south. Uh, we also are then distributing that content around the world on our platform for free, which is the, the best part. And Hannah, WPP, probably slightly better known as a, as a massive organization. Um, and actually, I want to share a story with you. The other day, someone said to me, oh, Seb, you're a good marketer. And I didn't know actually how to react to that. I feel like there's this dual side um, to how we view the world of marketing. On one side, there's this creativity and imagination, much like some of the conversations we just had on stage. And there's another side of it's kind of part of an existing system. It's part of perpetuating something that exists. So what do you perceive to be the role of an organization, WPP, large marketing organizations, in the transition to a circular economy? Well, I think... um marketing, communications, they've always been about changing the way people think, changing the way people feel, and ultimately, we hope, changing the way people behave. And if you apply that to the transition that we need to go through, I think it becomes the ultimate creative brief. How do we make regenerative, circular lifestyles desirable? And the opportunity is huge because the IPCC estimates that by 2050, between 40 and 70% of emissions reduction will be derived from behaviour change. And so this industry, I think, it has to be right at the heart of that. And I guess that leads, you know, the follow-up question to that is, you know, sometimes this gets articulated as how do we harness the power of existing marketing and communication strategies. But are market, is marketing part of the problem? And what, how can it become part of the solution? Well, I think, um, I think there's a disconnect. I think the way a lot of um, uh, marketeers, a lot of businesses, a lot of brands talk about sustainability and regeneration um, is not the way consumers think about it or talk about it or connect with it. And there's a big problem there because... Um, that leads to cynicism. So some research from Ogilvy recently said that 63% of people around the world are cynical about the motivations of brands when they're taking action in this space. Now, why does that matter? Because if you're cynical about the actions people are taking, um, it leads very quickly to feelings that this is misinformation. And we've seen a big rise in... Um, 
in the concept of greenwashing. And in fact, like five uh, people are five times more likely to see to feel that um, conversations about sustainability are misinformation. And so we've got to, I think, combat that disconnect. And I saw you nodding vigorously there, Sam. I take it you Too agree. Vigorously. <laughs> I do agree. I think one of the things that we always try to talk about is the idea of telling stories, but not telling your story. And I think that links to greenwashing, of course. And I think lots of brands, particularly those in this room, need to obviously be bolder and more creative with their storytelling. And I think um, that idea of uh, communicating amazing things that are happening around the world, so many of which we've heard about today, um, can really start to move away from this idea of skepticism and, and, and trust in audiences. Um, and I Bring that to life for us a little bit. What, what does it mean to tell stories, but not your story, if you're a FMCG brand, for instance? That's a great question. I think one of the things we always try to do is, is have an ever-evolving slate of incredible films from around the world. So we are constantly scouring the earth for the best and most relevant pressing stories of our time. That could be stories of inspiration, of hope, um, from any country in the world. And what we're doing is then working with our, our partners, the brand partners that we work with, and making those stories possible. So we're really trying to embody the values of the brands and turn that into compelling entertainment formats that can really be a, a Trojan horse for impact and the messaging that that brand really wants to, to get through to an audience. And I guess that resonates with what we heard on stage from Ez and Francesca, that kind of role of not preaching, but amazing and entertaining in film, because documentaries have the same background in some ways, right? They've been very much effective articulations of problems and challenges, sometimes with sort of five minutes reserved at the end, where they you know, give you a glimmer of what could be possible. How do we move to formats that genuinely engage people in a way that you described as a Trojan horse, Sam? Yeah, I think um, still the average American watches about three hours of TV a day, um, which if you think about working and sleeping and watching TV, there's not much left for, for anything else. So if we're trying to get... You're people, saying we just work, sleep, watch TV. I mean, that's my life, <laughs> so, but um, yeah. We, um, we, we have an opportunity there to turn that content time, to turn that viewing time into impact, and I think to do that, we need to find formats and, and media that can really start to engage people in that lean-back entertainment zone. And that's through being really creative with formats, as you say. Eat, Not sleep, TV, repeat. Well, I That's actually say... our mission statement. <laughs> I think um, format is, is key. I think it's also about finding the issues that really matter to your audience. And in the case of brands, to your consumers. And we talk an awful lot in marketing about a value action gap. And when it comes to sustainability, that gap is huge. So around the world, around 90% of people say they want to live a more sustainable lifestyle, and around 16% change their behavior. Now, what if we were to see that gap as a market failure? There are unmet needs there, there are underserved audiences there. What if we could better serve them and really hone in on what matters to them? So for the circular economy, the cost of living crisis is, um, is a real issue that's keeping people awake at night. That's a great route in to talking about a circular economy, to tackling issues like food waste. It's about meeting consumers where they're at, but that's not enough for brands to be credible in this space. It's not just about finding an issue that matters to consumers. It's also about telling stories that connect to your most material impacts as a brand, that ta tackling that elephant in the room. 
And I don't think it's just about telling stories. It's about living them. Mm. It's about backing it with action because action speaks so much louder than words. And I was going to ask that question, actually, like that a cynic, obviously not me, but a cynic in the room might say, well, that, that's not a storytelling gap. That's a kind of like solutions gap. What's your response to that? Well, I think... Um, I've worked in um, the sustainability space for longer than I'm going to disclose. And I think more now than ever before, we're connecting the dots across the business. Um, this can never be a marketing platform. You've got to connect to what the business is really doing. And so um, I think you've got to go out into the business as marketers and find where are the, you know, where are the real actions you're taking? Where are your strengths? Where can you credibly... Um, lead by example and bring consumers on that journey with you. And I think, you know, if we go back to the topic of greenwashing, um, brands are getting caught out where the consumer brand and the corporate strategy are disconnected. And so I think connect the dots, have conversations. And some of this um, comes back to Sam, the metrics that guide what we define as success, how we define success, whether that's in marketing campaigns, or it's in film and media, what about have a big effort around metrics that matter? What do you mean by metrics that matter? The industry, I think, is now um, awash with uh, evidence that really shows that some of the digital advertising kind of paradigms of old are really not delivering results either for, for the business themselves or for the industry or particularly for the planet. You know? There is a, an almost a vortex of, of, of clicks, impressions, views, and media value that's not actually delivering on either side. So what we're trying to do with metrics that matter is introduce a new category of metric, a metric that's really dedicated to real-world impact, which of course can mean many different things and is hard to measure, and we're working on that as well. But it's really about being able to track and show the cultural shift, the behavior shift, the mindset shift that the media campaign we're working on is actually creating. And, and you know, the, the insight at the heart of that, right, is that to some degree, the industry is in a bit of a self-fulfilling virtuous circle. The only way out from not generating more impact with the current metrics is almost to invest more in trying to push those metrics even harder with those impressions or media views, whatever it might be. Um, and, and I guess that comes back to one of the problem statements we were talking about earlier where, you know, do we not have the right metrics or are we using metrics in excuse not to act? And I think both of you had the excuse not to act cards up when we asked that question earlier. Is that fair, Hannah? <laughs> Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, um, I spend more and more of my time crunching numbers to disclose. And sometimes I think um, the pendulum is swinging back away from innovation towards compliance. And that disclosure is really important. And it's, it's incredibly important that people can look at two different brands or two different businesses and compare them like for like. And so I'm a big fan of disclosure but not at the expense of um, innovating and, and um, catalyzing this transition. So I think it's really important we get the right metrics into the right people's hands at the right time. So for example, um, we've, uh, when we started looking at our own carbon footprint, I had no idea media buying is half of our carbon footprint. The hidden cost of placing media is enormous. And um, there was no way of measuring that. Uh, we had to go away and build a methodology to track the carbon emissions associated with different channels in media buying. And so we've now built a carbon calculator that 
enables our clients for the first time to understand channel by channel, so whether it's out of home or print, digital, um, what the carbon emissions associated with an ad campaign might be so that they can start factoring that into decision making. And until you've got information at your fingertips when you need it, you can't act. And I guess at the heart of the, the wider conversation we're having here is, in, in some ways, WPP wants these briefs, right? The briefs that allow, that give, that allow us to have more sophisticated communication around some of these topics. What's the one thing that WPP needs to do differently to support businesses and brands in creating those better briefs? Well, I think whether you're writing the brief or receiving the brief, I think for me, the one thing I want everyone to do differently is you don't need to have sustainability or um, circular economy or regeneration in your job title for it to be part of your day job. And it doesn't need to be written explicitly in the brief for you to read it in. Um, I think we all need to step up, need to start having conversations, and we need to be... Um, future-proofing brands, brief businesses, so that this becomes mainstream. So for everybody, the thing I say to people is start having conversations, get curious, get, you know, build your knowledge of this space, but lean in. Get started. Yeah, don't wait, don't wait for it to be in the brief. And Sam, I want to sort of get to the close here by going a bit meta for a moment. I think everyone in the audience is ready for something a little bit meta. Um, yeah. It, the foundation and Waterbear have announced a strategic partnership. Um, today. Today. Exciting. Big news. Um, and to some degree, some of Waterbear's work has a familiarity to it, right? It's content that's designed to drive actions that might be familiar. Petition signups, for instance. To another degree, like the, the, what we need to do is much bigger than that. It's not a single behavior change it, or you know, any individual action. It's a kind of whole mindset shift and whole redesign of the economy. So my meta question to you is, can Waterbed do that? Yeah, by tomorrow, I think so, actually. <laughs> um, no, it's obviously a massive task. Um, our fundamental belief is that stories can change the system. And I think it's, it's not about one campaign or one film. It never has been. It's about a constant wall of noise strategy through entertainment, as we've talked about, reaching audiences where they are, as we've talked about a lot, Hannah, and trying to offer people the ability at scale to, to, to engage with this topic and trying to, as I said before, disguise some of the, the key messaging through this entertainment Trojan horse. So we're really excited today to kick off the, the partnership with uh, the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. A huge thank you to Andrew and Ellen and Seb yourself. Um, and now, actually, on Water Bear, you can access our, our EMF and Waterbed channel, full circle. And the real idea is that over a, a long-term partnership, we can start to really see these stories, these entertaining stories that really embody a common voice for the regenerative design approach across the world to audiences in over 194 countries. So we're really excited about that. So more creativity, better metrics, and a bigger ambition for the power of storytelling in shifting the system. And optimism. That, you know, I think we can paint a picture of how the world could be, mm. let people see and experience um, what, um, and open up their eyes to what's possible. As we've heard, storytelling can play a hugely important role in creating ambition and demonstrating the possibilities of a circular economy. If you'd like to explore more stories, we've got a back catalogue of over 100 podcast episodes. 
Or why not check out the Ellen MacArthur Foundation's channel on Waterbear, which you can find in the show notes of this episode. We'll be back next week with more from Summit 23. See you then.